0: of Jesus Christ. As we establish Ezekiel 47 Water Temple, the third and final last temple of the days of Noah, fulfilling all prophecy now with the perfect realities manifesting out of our hearts and through our renewed minds, we're coming into the revelation of the upper and lower pools. They have names The name of the upper pool is virginity. It even says in Genesis that the river Gihon watered the upper pool. and Gihon means springs of the virgin. The name of the upper pool that cleanses the souls of the nations in the great harvest of Ezekiel's water temple is virginity. The name of the lower pool that washes all feet that washes all blood, that washes all hearts, all bowels of the nation, and the bowels of the earth, and the blood of the earth is washed by the lower pool, and the name of the lower pool is humility. Humility. Proverbs fifteen thirty three passion. The source of revelation knowledge is found as you fall down and surrender before the Lord. Don't expect to see Shekinah glory until the Lord sees your sincere humility. Don't expect to see Shekinah glory until the Lord of the fountain gives you a drink of His humility. It's true. Proverbs eighteen twelve, A man's heart is the proudest when his downfall is nearest. A man's heart is the proudest when his downfall is nearest. For he won't see glory until the Lord sees humility. For he won't see glory until the Lord sees humility. Song of Songs 6, 7. Your beautiful blushing cheeks reveal your real passion is for me, even hidden behind your veil of humility. Isaiah 66, 3. But the one who offers a bull with no humility is like one who kills a man. That's why obedience is better than sacrifice, but rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Luke twenty eighteen, Everyone who falls in humility upon the stone will be broken. But if that stone falls on you, it will grind you to pieces. Everyone who falls in humility upon that stone will be broken. See, it's all about being willing sacrifices. The Lord will crush everyone. The issue is, those that willingly are crushed by the Lord's virginity and humility, crushed in their pride and lust, inherit the kingdom love His presence, love His power, love His glory, love His virginity, His purity, and they love His humility. Those that despise His virginity and humility will still be crushed by those who enjoy it. That's actually final judgment upon the nations. The waters of virginity and the waters of humility that are our salvation are the proud's damnation. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, it's the fragrance of life to the living and the fragrance of death to the dying. Death is actually fallen angel pride working in souls, working in hearts, working in your spirit and then in your mindsets. You have a soul and you have a spirit. So they'll work within your heart and they'll plant seeds in your heart. And then you'll have strongholds that grow up in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's a planting of fallen angels working in the nation's hearts and minds. Just like we know the tree of life is the planting of the word of God in our hearts, watered by the river of God in our hearts, so is pride. Pride is the main principality that holds the nations in captivity. It's not a minor thing. It's practically the only thing. You will never have a harvest of nations until you wash them in the humility of the Lamb. That's why people feel like they're dying and being crushed and it's the end of the world and people are going completely crazy out there. It's like Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar fully believed he was God and built an image of himself that everyone in Babylon had to worship. But the sacrifice of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel in Babylon... Their sacrifice put the king's pride to madness, and the king represents Satan. Satan is insane. Pride is called in Ecclesiastes madness. That's what mental illness is, is thinking you're something in the brain. By what you know and by what you do, by the works of the flesh and the ability of self. that's what insanity is. Insanity is the delusion that you have a self and that self can save self by religion and that self can be good and self, 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 self. That is the curse of the fall. But the sacrifice of self to the humility of the lamb and the springs of the waters of life is the revealing to the prideful in the world that there's more here than just self, than just flesh and blood. And God is perfect humility. It's our self-sacrifice that demonstrates to others that God is real. It's actually what shames them. Humility and virginity reveals divinity. The upper pool, its name is virginity. That's how you take the heavens, that's how you take riches, that's how you take might, and that's how you take wisdom. Virginity. Virginity. Virginity, 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 the upper pool's name. Humility, humility, humility is how you take great power. How you have great glory. How you take the earth is by humility. How you take the heavens is virginity. And it's all in the springs of the waters of the Lamb. Humility is a drink. Virginity is a drink. And it comes from the throne of God in the Lamb. And the river of the Holy Spirit breaks it up within the water temple of Ezekiel 47 that we're forming right now. And it breaks up with inside our hearts. We're building the last day temple with living stones that are full releasers of these waters of virginity and humility, of the mouth of the Lamb, of the heart of the Lamb, of the full flesh and blood of Jesus Christ transfigured at the right hand of God in Zion. We will manifest the fullness of Jesus Christ upon every soul and upon every foot that walks the earth before he returns. I tell you the truth, make straight the way of the Lord. How do you do it? The river. John the Baptist made straight the way of the Lord with the river in the first coming. We, as the workers of Ezekiel 47's water temple, you know there might be 300 of us in here right now, but that's pretty good. There really is. There's accurately about 300 of us in this water temple. Not everyone's at the same level, and people have different ranks and positions and jobs, and it's all beautiful stuff. It's all fulfilling. It's all perfect. Everything in the living waters is perfect. Everything in divine virginity and humility is perfect all the time. God's perfect. His water's perfect. There's eyes in the water. There's clarity in the water. There's everything you need. There's provision in the water. There's prosperity and healing in the water. It's all in the waters of life proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb, out of the Eden Gate, which is in our hearts. Song of Songs says, I have found the promised land flowing within you. Which means, I have found the river of life inside your hearts. And we got our minds renewed. We repented of Satan's pride. We repented of Satan's lust so that the river could fully release out of our faces and with our words and all the authority of the throne without any defilement of selfishness. Our words are the building blocks of the water temple. That's how the water temple builds. That's how everything of the kingdom advances in the word. There's water in the word. There's power in the word, there's fire, there's creative ability in every word that proceeds through a circumcised heart and a circumcised mind. Amen? Circumcised of lust and circumcised of pride. By the constant drinking of the waters of humility and virginity, every word we speak has the full power and authority of the throne of God and the Lamb and the 24 elders. Amen? And everyone's going to taste and see that the Lord is good. They're also going to taste and see the Lord is severe. He's no longer tolerating the reefs of Jude. Jude says these false teachers, these selfish, prideful, religious teachers, they are reefs in your love feasts. They block people from receiving the blessings, from receiving the breakthrough, from receiving the ecstasies of God. People sacrifice, and they don't feel anything, and then they get discouraged. Why? Because they're surrounded by reefs. Our waters haven't been able to flow very much at all. I mean, I can look around, and there are blockages everywhere. Oh my goodness. There are thieves. There are illegal fishermen. There are sharks in the tank. There is so much much demonic activity against Ezekiel's water temple. Everything of Babylon the Great and the potent sorcery of Satan and his angels is against our works and always has been. That's why we've endured so much. Many of you as well. That everything that's in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, opposes the works of our virginity and humility of the lower and upper pools. (laughs) Everything that's in the world. So you're dealing with all principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, spiritual wickedness in all places. You're dealing with all carnal minds, all animals, everything that opposes God. You're dealing with every lying thought and lying word working witchcraft and magic spells of dark magic as as spells inside people's blood. So that it seems almost at times that creation itself is against us. But it's not. Only the magic spells of the sorcerers which is selfishness, and the pride, and all of the greed, and all of the immorality, and all of the idolatry. Only sin is against us. And once you deal with it by constantly washing it, it starts to break and burst forth. That's where we're at right now. We've been constantly dealing with this. We've been releasing rivers and waters for years and years and years and years and years, and there's been the river movement for 40 years in North America and around around the world since Toronto. Toronto blessing in Toronto, Canada was the reintroduction 35 years ago or whatever, 30 years ago to the river. And, and it's been awesome. That's where we got the, the glory stream and that's where we got a lot of the awesome prophetic and, and apostolic movements. And it, it's been pretty good. There's been a lot of good stuff come out of it. I've gleaned a lot from Toronto and from the apostles and prophet prophets of Toronto and the river movement. But Now we're building the river temple. We keep going. I mean, that's like the baton gets passed and it's not passed formally. It's not. So you always get persecuted from every previous move of God. But it's passed spiritually. The angels pass it, the Father passes it, the Sanhedrin passes it. And it's important because everyone's got a different destiny in the earth. Some people fulfill their destiny by having a revival and it ends. Look at William Seymour. He had a 16 year revival in Azusa Street and it was the reintroduction of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues to Christianity worldwide in 1904, 1916. So not everyone's destiny is the same, but everyone's destiny plays a part in God's big picture because it's all about the Father. Humility makes it not about us. It makes it about what does the Father want to do? <laughs> the Father wants to heal this world and completely remove the curse of the fall, remove death and remove time and bring in eternity. That's why it's called the end times because the end of time is the end of sin. Time has to do with the measure of allotted time of rebellion. The end times is the end of rebellion and the beginning of eternal life on earth. That's what the end times are. The end times is the best thing that ever happened to the world. The end times began in the resurre- death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You read about the apostles all the time in the New Testament. They're talking about being in the end of the end times. Really? 2,000 years ago? Yeah. Hallelujah. It's true. In the end of the end times. Because even 2,000 years ago, if you lived in the fullness of the Lamb's glory like the Apostle Peter did, they were, they were living in eternity 2,000 years ago. They were having t- whole weeks on end of living in eternity. Living out of the eighth day. There was men and women living out of the eighth day 2,000 years ago. Enoch walked out of the eighth day 5000 years ago you could walk as deep with God as you wanted to but after the the lamb had brought all the revelation of the gospel to these apostles it got easy we're talking easy we're talking light this thing has never been hard the only reason why it's hard is because of our own pride pride is what makes it impossible as soon as you start drinking the waters of humility called the lower pool it'll get so easy that children can rejoice children can understand this message Humility and virginity is the children's message. Isn't it? Children are typically humble because they realize they're just little kids. They don't know anything. And they're just learning everything from adults. Yeah. And children are virgins. Obviously. (laughs) They don't even have hormones until they're like 12, 13. So it's, it's... The gospel is a children's story. It really is. The lamb is the child on the throne. The The apostles were saying in Acts, it's in the name of the Holy Child Jesus that this man stands healed in front of you right now. The name of the Holy Child. They didn't even refer to him as a man. They referred to him as a child. It's not an insult. It's the virginity and the humility of God the Father. And that's where you and I need to go. That's perfection. That's what the man-child is. The man-child is... The sons and daughters of the living God that are fully humble and fully virgin in the waters. See, we've tried to do it apart from the waters, and it's just words. It's just ideas, it's just theology, and it's good theology, because clearly you should be humble and clearly you should be virgin. You should be sexually pure. I mean, every preacher in the world preaches that. The issue is they don't have the revelation knowledge of the glory that covers the earth as the waters come to the sea. They just got the words without the glory, without the spirit, without the waters. And the words without the waters don't do anything. Like literally nothing. In fact, a lot of times it will just demonize people because you can't even obey the message until you start drinking the cup of the new covenant. This is the last piece of the puzzle for Christianity is mixing these waters with everything you think you know. When you start drinking the waters, all that stuff you've heard your whole life about God starts to manifest in your life. This is the book I got today, Humility, Christian Essential Classic by Andrew Murray. And it's just been blowing my mind. I, I cried twice this morning reading it. Just melting me. And then God, you know, it's like more and more you soften your heart and humble yourself, the more revelation He gives you. It's true. The deeper you've cut yourself and fallen on your sword, the richer your revelation will be. The more mixed with wine it'll be. And so, I tell you the truth, the next several years, as we pass through this global revival, our full-time job is to prepare the finest steak and the finest wine of all time For you, the nations, it's true. That's our job as the priests of Ezekiel 47 Water Temple. Is that from the time we wake up in the morning, we vow before you and the angels of God today, that that's what we'll do. We'll prepare a feast before you. That's our job. That's my job. That's my destiny. Is that from the time I wake up to the time I preach, we'll have spent that time in the kitchen cooking up the finest food for the nations to feast on of all time. He saved the best steak for last, and you know he saved the best wine for last. And these people that eat and drink off of our table, because we have to eat and drink it too, and we're not drinking anything except the finest wine and eating the finest steak of the Word and the presence of God every day, constantly. We need it. There's no reason for anything else here. He saved the best for last, and the best has to be prepared and served. And as people begin to eat, the standard of Christianity will be completely transformed. And people will not eat garbage meat and drink garbage wine. They will not drink defiled waters. They'll... Once you start to get a taste in your mouth for the fountain of the Lamb, you will, you will scorn the fountain of the red dragon that pretends to be Jesus. You will actually hold it in contempt When people tried to serve you maggot meat and maggot bread as if there's something there and to be happy about it and all this false humility crap and all this nonsense Christianity, self-help, soulish garbage of Satan that's served out there and called Christianity. And you should be angry about it because those people are killing you. They're poisoning you. They're filling you with demons with every single meal that's prepared in spiritual Egypt that pretends to be Zion, that pretends to be the river. When you come into the river, your standards rise. And they need to because we've been feasting on maggots bread for far too long. Satan has kept the Christians weak and immature by not giving us the finest meat of the revelation of the Word of God. The standard now is A5 Wagyu every single meal. And children eat it too. Adults eat it too. And the standard will rise worldwide as the priests of the water temple reveal what's available from the throne of God and the Lamb with crystal clear revelation. Everyone's brains sparkling. All the confusion of pride washed away. The key is humility. This is the excerpt from chapter 1 of Andrew Murray's humility book. I want to read it because it just annihilated me today. you got to hear this. All this is to make it known the region of eternity that pride can degrade the highest angels into devils. And humility raise fallen flesh and blood to the thrones of angels. Amen. Pride caused the fall. Humility is the resurrection the third day. That's the springs of the Lamb we're drinking from. And you need to understand real clearly that, brink, that drinking these springs of humility will raise you to sit on the very thrones of the fallen angels. That's your inheritance. Anyone that says otherwise is a liar. Satan and his angels took the thrones of the sons of God that belonged to the sons and daughters of Adam 6,000 years ago. These thieving devils sit on our thrones, and we take them back by the humility of the drinking of the lower springs. Thus, this is the great end of God, raising a new creation out of a fallen kingdom of angels. For this end, it stands in its state of war betwixt the fire and pride of fallen angels and the humility of the Lamb of God, that the last trumpet may sound and the great truth through the depths of eternity that evil can have no beginning but from pride and no end but from humility. The truth is this, pride may die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. Under the banner of the truth, give yourself up to the meek and humble spirit of the Holy Jesus. Humility must sow seed, or there can be no reaping in heaven. Look not at pride only as an unbecoming temper, nor at humility only as a decent virtue. For the one is death, and the other is life. The one is all hell, the other is all heaven." So much as you have of pride within you, you have of the fallen angels alive in you. So much as you have true humility, so much you have the Lamb of God within you. Could you see that every stirring of pride does to your soul? You would beg of everything you meet to tear the viper from you though with the loss of a hand or an eye. Could you see what a sweet, divine, transforming power there is in humility, how it expels the poison of your nature and makes room for the Spirit of God to live in you? You would rather wish to be the footstool of all the world than want the smallest degree of pride. Amen. Partner with Red Letter Ministries this month of Thanksgiving. If you're thankful for our work, show it with your cheerful giving, and God will bless you generously as you give. Donate at redlettermen.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.